welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is from Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Today, we kick off a month of ghoulish glory with our third annual October month-long horror fest, culminating in an amazing first-ever live show here in Portland, Maine on October 31st, and of course, streamed online, podcast, videocast, all the good stuff. Um, in fact, this year we may find that the blood will be so thickly coated that it will trickle down into the November schedule as it has been known to do before. And what better way to kick off this effort than by featuring one of the most unique production companies out there, Julie Hoverson's 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Um, and it, Initially, it was just Julie doing a couple of shows here and there, but now it's really turned into a regular podcast, the new stuff out um, about twice every month in the style of an uh, old-time radio anthology show like uh, Lights Out or Inner Sanctum or something like that. Extra special is that um, October is actually the first anniversary of 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Julie's done a great job with it. Congratulations, and uh, here to celebrate a piece of her eerily awesome audio. Today's featured show is When Yellow Casts a Crimson Shadow, and it is, in Julie's words, a tribute to the 17th and 80s Italian giallo thrillers, which apparently featured bad dubbing, killers behind plate glass, hot chicks in danger, and lots, lots of blood. I've never seen any of those films, but I love this piece, and I think you will too. Hope you enjoy When Yellow Casts a Crimson Shadow. 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Nocturne Boulevard? Not far. When you hit Howard, hang a right. Howard meets Philip at a weird kind of angle. Then you cross James and Paul. You can't miss Nocturne. It's just past the automatic. 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Your address for suspenseful stories of the speculative, strange, and supernatural. Tonight's story is... When Yellow Casts a Crimson Shadow. Warning, this episode contains extreme violence. Please listen responsibly. Yes, this is 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Won't you step inside? Did you have any trouble finding it? What do you mean, what kind of a place is it? Why, it's a psychiatrist's office. Can't you tell? Dr. Silver? Ah, you must be Jessica. Come in. Your father has spoken of you often. Mm-hmm. He told me to come to you if I... Needed anything? Come in. Uh, sit down. I can't tactfully say that I am pleased to see you, but I can heartily say that I am most happy to meet you. Oh, yes. Thanks. There. Now tell me what I can do for you. Since I moved to Florence, I've, I've been doing really well. Sleeping, even without the drugs. You haven't been taking your prescriptions. My doctor back home said I could cut back some once I started feeling better. Your doctor? Dr. Gelb? Joan Gelb? Ah, uh, yes. I've read some of her work. Uh, go on. Go on? You had a reason for coming to me, didn't you? Oh, yes. The dreams. Yes. Well, I came here to attend university and be closer to my father. He's not in the United States. No. He's on diplomatic attachment in the Netherlands. But I don't understand any Dutch. <laughs> 
So I found a room with three other girls from the college. They're all models. To pay for their classes. Well, except Dana. She just models for fun. Sorry. That's probably not important. Don't worry. You can go at your own pace. Can I have a piece of paper? You want to take notes. That's really my job. No. No, it helps me concentrate. Please. Thank you. So, Dana, Chris, and Adrian are all gorgeous. I am the mouse. <sighs> Don't get me wrong, they're all very nice. But you are a bit jealous. They've all got legs all the way up to their shoulders. A woman with legs up to her shoulders might be missing a heart. <laughs> I like that. But they're nice. Really nice. You're lucky. Good friends are hard to find. Yes. The dream. Whenever you are ready. You're going to think I'm... I'm horrible. Nonsense. Dreams are primarily symbolic, and everyone dreams about things they are embarrassed by. I promise I won't judge you. In the dream, I come home. Our apartment is on the top floor, so I walk up and up the endless stairs. It's the type that goes round and round an open space. You know, where you can look all the way down to the ground floor. As long as you don't have to worry about vertigo. Mm. And the door was... Hello? Open. I pushed it the rest of the way and went in. And everything was red. Red on the walls. I could not understand. All I could think was, did we repaint? Yes. And then I looked up and saw the light fixture. It was red too. Red and dripping. Slowly. Dripping. Is that when you woke? No. Can I have another piece of paper? I'll trade you. A crane. Very nice. It was part of my therapy. Still very nice. Thanks. I went into the next room. <laughs> Out of the foyer into the frying pan. <laughs> you must think I'm awful to be able to joke at a time like this. No, humor is a very common way to deal with painful circumstances. Don't concern yourself with what I think. Adrienne was in the sitting room. <gasps> Dead! She was all cut up, and the mirror next to the kitchen door was smashed and, and bloody. I could see my reflection in the shards sticking out of her eyes. Was that where the dream ended? Yes. Just that. Just seeing her dead. I'd like to venture an interpretation of this dream that might help you come to terms with it. Yes? It's a manifestation of a deep-seated jealousy. I'm not jealous. It's normal, don't worry. She's a beautiful model and you want to see yourself in her eyes as she appears to yours. Really? But it was so bloody. Symbolism. Red is the color of jealousy and passion. Nothing more. <laughs> My fault. Oh, 
only eat chocolate off a man. Oh, ha! What a line to come in on. Dana was just explaining her perfect diet plan. It makes perfect sense. Work up a sweat, then have all the chocolate you want. You girls! Don't tell me you wouldn't if you had a chance. Well... Maybe she doesn't like chocolate. Maybe she doesn't like men. I like chocolate. My father sent me some cocoa. The good Dutch kind. I'm surprised you like men any more, Adrian. After all that bastard Alberto put you through. Don't get me started. You should really be allowed to shoot men when you're through with them. I'd have a trail of bodies stretching to the sunset. Are there any more of those apples? Catch! What do I do when we run out of men? Not all men, just the ones who want to track you down and torment you. He didn't. Again? What? You should tell her. It makes me sound like such a victim. Why do you think she never does bikini shots? What? She's moved three times in a year, but he always finds her. She's got the scars to prove it. It happened again. Calm down, Jessica. I'm, I'm so sorry to burst in here like this. Sit down. But I, I cannot concentrate on anything today. Here, now sit. Thank you. Are you sure it's all right? I've got plenty of paper. <laughs> no, I mean... Oh, thank you. I feel like such a fool. It obviously upset you. Sharing will make you feel better. Had another dream? No. That's the weird part. It was the same dream. The same? Well, it started the same. Going up the stairs, and the blood on the light. And? And... Adrienne. It was all the same, except the ending. How did it end, then? It didn't. I mean, hmm. it went on from where I woke up before. I was staring at myself in the mirror shards. But then I realized that was not me. Not, not Jessica, not me, not this time. That was different. Who was in the reflection? I think it was... The killer! Well, be as specific as you want. You won't shock me. You can give me every detail. I could smell the blood. It's everywhere. That's a very distinctive smell. Yes. It was Dana's room. And she was sleeping. So, this was night time. I don't know. Dana sleeps late. Jessica, in the dream, are you Jessica? Or are you the killer? I... I'm not sure. I'm not thinking in the dream. Just seeing and feeling and smelling. I can't see a face, even in the mirrors. I just know it was the killer looking back at me. But I couldn't tell you what he, he, I, oh, looked like. What are you wearing? Boots, black, leather gloves. I moved toward Dana's bed. You stab her too? Oh, Adrienne wasn't stabbed. At least, that wasn't how she died. She was strangled. And then she died. Oh, no. That would be too quick. I let up just in time. She's out. Do you tie her up? Yes. I tie her to the bed frame. 
up and down. What is she wearing? A scarlet negligee. She got it after one of her modeling shoots. The picture is on the wall over the bed. Huge. Her. Posed in red. Enticing. And then? I, I, can, can I have another piece of paper? Of course. Damn. What will you make? A box. I feel like I'm in a box. Perhaps you should make something more open. Something you can get out of. Perhaps next time. All right. Was there more to the dream? A little bit. After Dana woke up. What happened? I just killed her. that dog on a shorter leash. She's lucky I didn't jump back and fall all the way down the stairs. Mmm, coffee? Cocoa. Oh! <gasps> you don't like it? It's imported French lace. I'm just not used to. And red is such a good color on me. <laughs> She's just shy. Haven't you ever wondered, Jessica? Wondered? What? What it would be like with a woman? Mm -hmm. oh, no, I, I don't even know anyone who does. Anyone who you know does oh, anyway. I guess. Oh God! What's wrong? Sit down, Coco. Thanks. What happened? On the street, a gun. It was so loud. Someone was shot. I'm phoning the police. Give her a minute. She's nearly hysterical. No, no. Call them. The sooner I tell, the sooner he'll be caught. Did you see the guy? Uh-huh. I have this awful feeling. Yes? That this is all some kind of premonition. You think you are seeing something that might happen in the future? It would make so much sense. Is there anything in the dream that makes you think it will happen? Like what? Something with the date. A newspaper, perhaps. Mm, no. No, I don't think so. None of us really reads the papers. Magazines, yes. But they don't come out all that often. And they all look very much alike. Have you ever had a dream, any dream, come true in the past? What? <laughs> no. Then I think you are safe. But make sure to lock your door. <laughs> so, the dream came back. Yes. And it was... Longer. So once again, you saw your first two friends strangled and tortured and... Uh, mutilated. Yes. And, and, and then what, what about your third friend? What was her name? Chris. Chris was in the hall. She must have heard the commotion with Dana. I feel like the killer was... Oh, God! Oh, mm, surprised. Like he did not expect her to be there. Why do you say that? 
I don't know. Just that he... I had to chase her down. Be specific. I came out of Dana's bedroom. Dana? What? Oh, God. I hesitate, stunned, just long enough for her to run back into her room. No. No. There's such a... No, no. A... Surge of excitement as the door gives way. Where is Chris? She's pressed against the window, outlined in light from the pink and red neon across the street. Ah, and what is she wearing? Silk. A blue slip. Blue? Are you sure? Yes. Why? The neon light. It might be deceptive. I saw it in the hall. Ah, what color is her hair? Chris, she has long, straight blonde hair. And very pretty Yes. Mm. I raise no, the knife no. and she screams again, trying to climb out the window. Can she? We're six stories up. That's why there's all those stairs. Do you cut her? Better. I set the knife aside again. Oh, God! And take her by the throat. The black leather of the gloves looks strange in the neon pink glow, especially against her pale white throat. Does she struggle? Like a fiend. She strikes and kicks but it is all in vain. The killer must be a man. Uh, 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 of course, um, the uh, the killer in the dream. That's what I meant. Uh, right, uh, more paper. Thank you. You've made me quite a little collection here. Uh, what's this one? A knife. A paper knife. And this? A shrew. No more cranes. Cranes are peaceful. I haven't been feeling very peaceful. Do you want to continue? Don't you have another appointment? No, your case is fascinating, so I cleared some extra time for you. Oh, all right. At least follow the dream to the conclusion. Where was I? You were strangling Chris. Right. Then she passed out. Good. And? I took the cord from the blinds and wrapped it around her neck. Strangling her again? Why? It wasn't tied that tight. Then what? Then I cut her a little. Not deep. Just enough to see red. Just enough for the blood to flow. Shoulders, thighs, chest. It took a long time for her to wake up again. Did you cut her blue slip off? It's not blue anymore. Now it's wet and dark, in strange rivulet patterns. So is the floor. And then? Her eyes open. And once again, I see my own reflection twice in one face. And this time, I can almost make out who I am. If it weren't for that blasted pink neon, I might be able to see. Does she recognize you? Maybe. She tries to scream, but I already gagged her. <sighs> she was asleep a long time. Uh-huh. I pull her up by her hair. Her long, blonde, lovely hair. The word tresses pops into my mind. Tresses? That's a good word. She squirms again and tries to escape. Her eyes plead with me. But I do not waver. I show her the knife, and she closes her eyes. I run the hilt of the knife over her forehead, and she squeals, when really all I want to do is press her eyelids open. She can't understand that, can she? I just want her to see. She was always a big one for seeing things. See what? The window. Is there something outside? Not yet. Oh? As soon as her eyelids flutter open. I turn her toward the window and slam her face into it, shattering the glass. 
something breaks in her, too, and I hear her muffled agony. Her nose. I don't know, since as soon as the glass is gone, I push her out. On the cord. She dances so prettily. Do the people see? No. The music from the club with the neon is very loud, and no one ever looks up. What about the blood? I don't know. I woke up. What do you think? We definitely have some work to do. You'll see me every afternoon for a while. Can you promise me you will? Of course, if you think it is important. Very. And here is my home number. In, in case uh, anything else comes to mind. You're sure you don't mind if I call you? No, of course not. In fact, I insist. I'm here for you. from the white stick <laughs> and I don't know a word for fear of a blind man <coughs> hello Jess is there something wrong oh, no <laughs> uh, uh, nothing glad to be home I was just putting on some tea want some no thanks Save me some water, though. You and your cocoa. Come in here. We've got company. Oh? Hello. Ah, this must be your other roommate. Very pleased. For such lovely ladies all alone. This is Detective Ghouls. That is Jessica. Sit down, Jesse. Detective? He's investigating. Um... What I saw yesterday. We suspect the murder she witnessed was mob-related and are worried about her safety. Your safety, too. This isn't a very secure building. You don't even have grills on the windows. <sighs> We're six floors up. Who needs grills? Here, Jess, water and your precious cocoa. I wouldn't dare measure it for you. <laughs> That's perfect, Dana. Thanks. I'm trying to convince Chris to let me take her into protection. We want to make sure she stays very, very safe. Hello? Four girls. Could be three. Or one. Who is this? You're scaring me! Will it be... you? I'm hanging up now! Jess, who was that? A heavy breather. You know the type. I didn't even hear the phone ring. Oh. Oh. I must have picked it up just as it was starting. Who did you think it was? Oh, Michelle, my brother. He's been asking for money again. What's wrong this time? Same old shit. Someone's going to break his legs. Someone's going to kill his dog. <laughs> he ran through his half of the inheritance years ago. And you don't feel sorry for him? I felt $100,000 sorry for him. 
And that was in the first month after he flushed all his cash down one toilet or another. Since then, not so damn sorry. Hello? Doctor, please! Something terrible has happened! Jessica, what's going on? You have to come, Doctor. I need help! Jessica, what has happened? Doctor? Come out here. My God, what? Uh, a nosebleed. I, I get them sometimes. With the dreams? Uh -huh. Why are you out here? I didn't want to wake anyone. They're your friends. They'll understand. Let's go inside. Maybe have some of your famous cocoa. <laughs> that would be nice. Invite me in. You're invited. What? The dream was so bad this time. Mm-hmm. Then I found these. And suddenly everything started to be so real. But it can't be, can it? Hmm. I hoped I would wake up. And the gloves would be gone. But here they are. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's really good, isn't it? Is it too hot for you? Mm. My father sent it from the Netherlands. He's always somewhere else. I mean, somewhere else from where I am, anyway. Mm. Did I tell you how my mother died? Mm -mm. She committed suicide when I was five. I found her. Dr. Gelb says that's why I can't sleep. She says I can never forget... My mother's dead eyes. Mm -hmm. They looked at me, but they weren't really her anymore. You know? Mm -hmm. But this is all beside the point. I'm so glad the girls are heavy sleepers, so we can talk. I finally saw myself in the dream. Hmm? I mean, I, in the killer's eyes, saw me, Jessica. Do you know how frightening that could be? Mm -hmm. The idea that I could not only watch myself be butchered, but that I would somehow be behind the eyes of the one doing it. Hmm. Somehow, when I have a piece of paper in my hands, the dream fades into something that might have been on the television. Hmm. Once Chris was dead, the killer must have pulled her back in. She was on the bed, starred with glass in the dark, pink stars catching the neon. Hmm. I watch his black-gloved hand push open my own bedroom door. I'm lying on the bed, tossing in my sleep. I guess sometimes I sleep. <clears throat> the knife in my, his hand leads me to the bed, to the woman, <clears throat> to me. <clears throat> I know. <clears throat> what? Um. 
Oh my god! Chris? Did you call for the police? You should have knocked. What the hell? What the hell? Is all that blood? What? Oh, the nosebleed. Sorry, I should have changed into something fresh. Watch where you step. Would you like some cocoa? Bad, sir. You might want some shoe covers. Who could have done this awful thing? Someone crazy, truly out of his mind. Or her mind. Do you have any reason to suspect a woman? I suspect everyone. How many bodies? Four bodies and one clinging to life. <laughs> and the smell? Rotting flesh. Been lying here several days, if I don't miss my guess. Now that you know how to find us, don't be a stranger. We have enough of those already. Tonight's episode, When Yellow Casts a Crimson Shadow, was written by Julie Hoverson as an homage to the genre of films that Americans call giallo, Italian thrillers from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and directed by such notables as Sergio Martino, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, and Mario Bava. In this episode, Dr. Silver was Anthony D.P. Mann of the Horror Etc. podcast, www.horroretc.com. Jessica was Julie Hoverson. Adrienne was Robin Keyes. Dana was Kate Waterus. Chris was Tanya Milevic of Lightning Bolt Theatre of the Mind at lightningboltheatreofthemind.net. Detective Ghouls was Glenn Hallstrom. Mr. Cramwazi, the manager, was Drew Williams. The voice on the phone was Frankenvox. The first cop was Desmond Reddick of Dread Media at www.dread-media.com. Second cop was Mike Guerrero of Fearshop.com's podcast at www.fearshop.com slash podcast. The detective was the caretaker from The Graveyard Show http colon slash slash caretaker.graveyardshow.com and the coroner was Jack Kincaid of Hodes Grimm at www.jack-kincaid.com slash enter the grim music for this episode was by Professor Click K-L-I-Q and is used under a Creative Commons license and can be found at www.professorclick.com or on jamendo.com. The 19 Nocturne theme song was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. Sound effects were found on soundsnap.com and sonomic.com. Sound and mastering was done by Julie Hoverson. Cover art by Brett Coolstock. Opening credits featured Cole Hornaday, Renaud LaBeouf, and Julie Hoverson. All persons, places, and events in this story were fictitious or used in a fictitious manner and are not meant to reflect any persons, places, or things, living, dead, or undead. Questions? Comments? We would love to hear from you. Contact us at 19nocturne at live.com, that's 19nocturne, or check out our website at www.19nocturneboulevard.com, or check out our forum at audiodramatalk.com. This presentation is copyright 2009 to Julie Hoverson and Reality Productions.
All right, and that was When Yellow Casts a Crimson Shadow by 19 Nocturne Boulevard, a tribute to the Giallo thrillers, and one with a fairly ambiguous ending. I've heard it four or five times now. I'm still not quite exactly sure what happened. Um, if you are, uh, email me, fred at radiodramarevival.com, or go to the blog, leave a comment. Next week, the body count continues to pile up with The Grim of Stoddardson's Hall by the Wireless Theatre Company, a unremittingly gory tribute to Edgar Allan Poe that is bloody funny, too. Horror continues all month long, and again, it culminates in that killer live show on Halloween night. Check out more about that on the blog, radiodramarevival.com, or see Final Rune's website directly, www.finalrune.com slash horror, F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E dot com slash horror. Um, also, I'm going to be throwing out a few other bones to you if you are into horror audio. We'll be having some bonus episodes this month, as well as links to other audio horror podcasts, uh, previous episodes of Radio Drama Revival, as well as some reviews of other stuff that we haven't been able to feature before, paid work. Um, you know, the BBC's done some great ghost stories, uh, shout-outs, that sort of stuff as well. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by me, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far as you like. Radio Drama Revival. Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio, and it is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. Mm-hmm.